It is Friday, which means it's time for our weekly devotion. And uh, as is normal, we have been looking at 1 Corinthians. And today, we're actually ending 1 Corinthians. We're going to be looking at a, a short little passage in 1 Corinthians 16. Um, I could read the whole chapter to you, um, but the reality is it's really filled with a lot of sort of personal greetings and, you know, instructions to say hi to so-and-so. Um, usually I would actually say don't skip over that stuff because there's there's actually some really um, insightful things that you can find in, you know, these in introductions and greetings that Paul sends. But uh, But for our purposes today, we'll just look at uh, chapter 16, verses 13 and 14. Okay. So, um, by the way, you'll be shocked. You will be shocked, but folks, it snowed again today. I know, I know. Uh, the Lord has seen fit to answer our children's ministry director's prayers in abundance this week. Thank you very much, Sabrina. You did it. God has listened and he has showered us with the blessings of much, much, much snow. Uh, so, all right, chapter 16, verses 13 and 14. I'll read the passage and then we'll dissect it a little bit. It says this, sort of Paul's closing words to the Corinthian church. Be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong, let all that you do be done in love. That's it. That's the reading. That's the whole passage I want to talk about today. Be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong, let all that you do be done in love. Let's look at the first statement, be watchful. Now, if you look throughout scripture, you're going to see that most of the time when that phrase is used, be watchful, it tends to be referring to being alert and being ready for the second coming of Christ. You can see this term used all the time in Matthew's gospel, Mark's gospel, when Jesus is talking about his second coming. That certainly would fit here with um, especially the last chapter being all about the resurrection and the second coming uh, of Jesus and what our you know new bodies will be like, or our mortal bodies will be like. So that, that would make sense that Paul's talking about that. But actually, I think there's a few other applications that are just as valid considering who he's writing to. Uh, we know that the Corinthian church was a moral mess. If you look at the whole rest of the book as we have, you will see that they are dealing with division and they're dealing with lawsuits amongst each other. They're dealing with sexual immorality of a pretty perverse kind. They're dealing with theft. They're dealing with... Uh, you know, competition within as people try and outdo each other with their spiritual gifts. I mean, you know, it, you can see that there's a lot of problems. And so part of what Paul could mean by say by saying be watchful is keep alert for those things that are basically tearing you apart, that are dividing you. Keep watchful or be watchful against sin's creeping way of tempting you uh, and the devil's schemes to get you to fall into all of the mess that I've just talked to you about. That could be one application here of be watchful. But then there's also another application that would fit very well with the Corinthian church, and that is be watchful for false teaching. Because we know that the Corinthian church was infiltrated by a group that was calling themselves, oh so creatively, by the way, Super apostles. <laughs> Every time I hear that phrase, I just, 
It sounds so childish to me. It's like, uh, well, yeah, okay, sure, you've had Paul come and preach to you, but I'm a super apostle. Dun, 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 you know, got the cape on and all that stuff. But um, it, it, it's silly, but in fact, people were taking them seriously and they were being drawn away from Paul and they were starting to doubt Paul and starting to doubt the message of Christ that he shared. And so uh, any of those could be applicable where Paul could be saying, watch out for these false teachers that are trying to drag you away from the truth of the gospel. And, and that application would, would work because the very next words he says are, stand firm in the faith, be steadfast in the faith. Now, now what is the faith? Well, if you go back to chapter one and chapter two of 1 Corinthians, you're going to see Paul describe the faith as really the proclamation that Christ crucified and risen is enough that that is the very heart of the faith. And that is in fact, the very thing they are being tempted to leave behind. They're being tempted as so many other churches are in the early church and in fact still are today to add something to the finished work of Christ in order to uh, be real Christians or super Christians or whatever the case may be. And so Paul could be saying here, make sure you don't leave the very, very heart of the gospel, which is Christ crucified and risen is enough for the forgiveness of your sins and to sustain you as a Christian. That's certainly the way I read it. Don't let anybody drag you away from that, that core message of the faith. And then Paul says these words, act like men. Now, that's not a phrase we might hear too often in our day, but I think we know what it means. It had the same connotation back then as it would in our modern times. The idea was be brave, don't, don't back down, act like a man. I can't help but think of a scene from the first Godfather near the very beginning when the uh, well, Frank Sinatra-esque singer Johnny Fontaine comes and visits the Godfather and is weeping about the fact that he wants a movie role but he can't get into the movie because the director won't let him. And Marlon Brando just gets so tired of seeing Johnny Fontaine cry that he drags him up and he smacks him and he says, you can stop crying and act like a man. Well, there, there's a sense in which Paul is saying that to the Corinthian church, like, be tough, don't bend over, don't give up, stand firm in the faith, be strong. That's the very next words, be strong, be tough. Don't give in to the temptations of sin. Don't give in to the temptations of the false teachers. Be watchful for this. And so... Uh, you, you hear this statement here, you know, and by the way, when he says act like men, it doesn't mean be a man. You could it just means be strong, be tough, be brave. But when you hear this, when you think of, you know, these terms of being firm, being strong, acting like a man, the natural tendency is to think of bravado. The natural tendency is to think of Oh, I, I guess the way that we, we tend to think of strong men in movies that we see, you know, the, the John Wayne types, the, the guys that won't take anything from anybody and don't need anybody else. And so it's actually a little stunning that Paul's description, the very next words he says in connection with what it means to act like a man, to be strong, to display that you're firm in the faith, that you're watchful, is to, in fact, let all that you do be done in love. Now, the word there for love is in fact agape. It's that sacrificial love. It's that love that goes 
uh, goes all the way on behalf of another. And this is the great secret of Christian faith. And I, I shouldn't even say it's a secret. It's just something that's sort of counterintuitive to us. The way that Christianity displays its toughness is by a willingness to love all the way, to serve all the way, to, to do whatever it takes to show our neighbors that we're here for them, to show our fellow Christians that we're here to serve them, that it's not just about me, it's not just about my uh, you know, getting ahead, but it's about all of us together. It's about me doing whatever it takes to show love. Indeed, Jesus Christ is the epitome of what it means to be a man. He is the manliest man to ever live. And yet, what does he do? The most manly act in human history is to allow himself to be crucified so that sinners might be redeemed. To not strike back when he's struck. To not give in to the powers of the flesh that would so easily allow him to call down armies of angels to wipe out his enemies. But no, to love his enemies to the uttermost, even so much that he would make them into his friends. That's what it means to be strong. That's what it looks like to act like a man, according to Christian faith. And that's what I hope we can do as we've gone through this letter uh, to, the, to the Corinthians, this first letter to the Corinthians. Because Jesus Christ has forgiven us who were his enemies. Jesus Christ has emboldened us who were his enemies. Jesus Christ has empowered us. He's forgiven us, he loves us, and he'll sustain us to the very end. So that's sort of Paul's closing words to the Corinthian church. He says a few things after that, and he says a few things before that, but, but really that's kind of his closing message. And I think it's a great way to uh, close out our time as we've looked at this letter. Uh